Thank you for listening to this week's message from North Shore Christian Church. For more information about North Shore, please visit northshorechristian.org. You know, some years ago, uh, I was under investigation by NCIS. Uh, it, was, it was quite a year of my life. It took a, a lot out of me. It's really hard. I, I can even mention there were uh, other three-letter agencies that were investigating me. I was, uh, I was in the Navy. Actually, back a few years before that, uh, we, were, we got uh, orders. We were living in San Diego for many years, and I got orders to Stuttgart, Germany. And it was a real shock that we were going to go overseas. I had two teenage daughters at the time, and we headed to Stuttgart. And uh, I served as a weapons officer for deploying SEAL platoons out there for about four years. Uh, it was quite a job, quite uh, hectic, but very exciting. We did a lot of good work over there. And one of my jobs while I was there is I, I did logistics for their ordnance. So all of their bullets and bombs and grenades and C4 and special tools, I shipped them around the globe for wherever they were going to be deployed, down to the continent of Africa or throughout Europe or maybe uh, in the Middle East. And so in that job, I was doing that, and uh, they, they placed an order. I sent a, I sent a, a, a pallet of ordnance down to the, the country of Chad, and it, there was a, a, lot, a lot of ordnance in there, but uh, specifically there was uh, 60 blocks of C4. And so this was kind of becoming a routine thing. We'd make certain we build the pallet, and we get it to the airport, and they take it, and it goes down there, and then it arrives. They check it in. So they did that. We sent all of this ordinance, including 60 blocks of C4, and then they, they received it and reported we received 57 blocks of C4. So as you can imagine, uh, that caused some, some eyebrows to raise and some red flags to go up, and uh, NCAS came and knocked on my door and began talking to me. And uh, they're... Uh, you ever watch the show, you know? They're like really pretty people. They're, they're, they're not. They look like me. They're, they're just like regular people with a, with a dirty polo shirt, you know? But, but at any rate, they, they investigated me, and it, it, took, it took a long time. It took a year. And uh, my, my commanding officer, my CO, uh, he, he, after a few weeks of, you know, he, he conducted his own investigation in-house, and he found my security practices were sound. He said, he said you, it looks like you're not at fault as far as we can see, and, uh, and so I think we're going to be good, but we have to go through this, this process of this investigation. And so um, a couple months into that, uh, someone catches me in the passageway, and they say, hey, uh, the, the skipper's looking for you. He's up in his office, and he wants to talk to you. I said, okay. So I went up there and went up to his office, and he said, hey, come on in, come on in, close the door. And, uh, you know, so sometimes that's not too, a good thing when someone does that to you. But, but I said, okay, so I closed the door, I sit down, and, uh, and his phone rings on his desk. And he goes, and he puts it on speakerphone. And he says, hello? And he said, uh, yeah. Uh, and the guy starts talking, and I, I recognize the voice. It's, it's his boss, our boss, the admiral, calling from Virginia. And he says, hey. This uh, C4 business, we got, we got to put it to rest. Somebody's got to go down for this. Somebody has got to fry for this missing C4. We, we got to make an example. And the only, th only person it's going to be is that Griffin guy. 
it's his signature on the, on the thing, right? His signature on the tag. So he's got to go down. And my CO said, well, you know, uh, that's not going to happen. I already told you this. We already had this conversation. It, it's not his fault. We're not certain what happened. We're, investigation is ongoing down in Chad, but we don't know what happened. But he's not going down. It's not his fault. And, and he said, nope, he, he's got to go down. I'm telling you. And my, my commanding officer said, listen, I'm not going to tell you again. He is not to blame for this, and he's not going down. If anybody's going down, it's going to be me. And he hung up the phone, hung up on the admiral. Yeah. That was something. And, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something. Uh, surprisingly, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I get along with a lot of people. He and I were not we're not very connected. We had a really rocky relationship. We didn't like each other. And he still stood up for me. He was my advocate. He absolutely stepped in there and took it on himself. And that was quite an experience. Uh, if you want to turn to 1 John chapter 2, that's where, we're, that's where our text is going to be today. Uh, we had, we're in this series, um, Light and Love, right? And we had a, a beautiful sermon, a team, pre, team teach, team preach by uh, Ben and Pat a couple of weeks ago. It was terrific to open the, uh, open the series up. And then uh, last week, Scott stepped over and he actually did sermon number three. And he, he moved into, because uh, Pat and Ben did 1 John chapter one. And then Scott last week, if you remember, he did 1 John chapter two, the last half of the verse. So I'm actually the third sermon, but I'm number two, because we're going to go, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, and the first six verses is where we're going to go, okay? So let's, uh, he, Scott skipped over that, by the way, because he wanted to tie that into Martin Luther King Day, is what it was. That was a great, a great segue into that uh, celebration, so let's read uh, 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Uh, I told you that story about my CO because he was my advocate in there. You understand? He he said what was going to happen, that it was going to be on him, not on me. He stepped in and he advocated for me. And Jesus is the same way. He's our advocate. He steps in for us and he says, they are blameless. They are not going to go down for what they did or didn't do. They are not responsible. I'm taking the responsibility for that. He's our advocate. Um, in Romans 8, uh, chapter, uh, Romans 8, verse 31 it's another great verse here. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. 
So Jesus right now, not only did he pay the price, but he sits at the right hand of the Father. And when, when, I, when I feel the blame, when I feel accused, when I know my sin, he says to the Father, just remember, I paid that price. I paid the price for Thomas. I did that for him. He's saying that. He is our advocate, and he intercedes for us. That's beautiful. And really what it means is that Jesus is in our corner. You know, he's rooting for us. He, he loves us so much. Hey, here's what's really interesting. You know, Jesus, Jesus you, you have loved ones. You have a, a wife, a husband, a son or daughter, grandkids, and you love them so much, right? And when they hurt, you hurt. You know, Jesus loves them more than you do. He, he cares so much for his people and for his family. He, he absolutely does. Um, my, my son-in-law, his niece, uh, some time ago, uh, I think she was around 12 or 13, uh, she was diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor and very, very difficult. And um, I'm not really close to, to that family uh, necessarily. I don't, I don't know her real well. I've met her a few times. But my, my new son-in-law, he, it's his family. And so it, it really got to me. I heard about this, this difficulty that they were going through, and, and I, I was praying. I was praying for Macy. And I, I was so concerned with, with her and her family and all that all that, that entails. And, uh, and God reminded me in that moment as I was praying for her that God loves her more than I do and more than her family does. He, he is her advocate. Let's move on in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, propitiation, that's kind of a, that's a, that's a, a highfalutin word, I think, a little bit. Uh, really what it means is a, a atonement, right? It means that he, he is, he's taken our place. He's gone in there for us, and he paid the price for us. That's atonement. Jesus is our atonement. In fact, just like my CO, he took it on himself, remember? He said, he told the admiral, no, if anybody's going to go down, it's going to be me. I'm paying the price for this. I will pay the price for this. Just like Jesus paid the price for us. In uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, this is a very familiar passage for us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we go on and it says, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. That is powerful. That is powerful what Jesus has done for us. And that's the reason we're here is because we are saved by his paying the price for us. In fact, let's take a step back and remember how that happened. You know, God created us. He's, our, he's the great creator, and he, he created everything, the, the world, the universe, the earth, all, and all of us. He created us, and then what did we do? Starting with Adam and Eve all the way to today and us, we turned our backs against him. We, we said no to God. We said, we said, you're not God, I am God. 
And that's what happened, right? We turned our backs against God and we sinned against him. And then, long before this happened, God made a way, he had a plan. And he sent Jesus, his son, who was God himself, to come down and become human and die on the cross and pay the price for our sins, for our walking away, so that we had an opportunity to be reconciled back to the Father and to God, and we can spend eternity with him. Is that good news? That's the best news, right? It's the best news. And, and when, when we read the passage that says, uh, talks about we can have the peace that passes understanding, I believe that it comes from the fact that we have that great salvation, that Jesus paid the price for us. And, and not only is he our advocate, but he is our atonement. Let's move to the next verse in 1 John, chapter two. Verse three, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Wow, that's a harsh one. You know, let's say somebody a good friend that you trust who knows a lot about finance comes to you and they, they tell you, hey, I got a hot stock tip for you. I got a hot one, okay? This is the hottest stock tip that you've ever, you've ever heard of. If you invest in this stock today, by tomorrow, you're gonna be set up for life. You're gonna have millions, okay? All you gotta do is take your savings and put it in this, put it in this stock. Do it, okay? Now, you know this guy, and you, you trust him, and you believe him, but the test of whether or not you truly believe is tomorrow. Because the question is, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you put your money where his mouth was? He said it, and did you do it? Because if you didn't do it, then you probably didn't believe. You had some doubt. It's kind of like that when we are, if we say we know God, but there's no fruit, if we say we know God and we've been changed by God, but we still are angry with our brother, if we still continue not to obey his commandments, if we continue in that light, then this passage says that we're lying. Maybe we're lying to ourselves, I don't know. But if we do not, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, the truth is not in him. In James 2, verse 17, it says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. How about this one? Uh, have you ever met a Christian who uses the name Jesus as a curse? Have you, have you known these people? I have known some folks that, that do this because it's a habit from their, from their before time ways, right? Whatever it is, they, they use the name of Jesus as a curse. I submit to you that if, you are, if you're using Jesus as a curse, you might not love him like you say you do. 
That is something to, to check us, something to think about, something to recognize that Jesus is our, our love. We are his bride, and using him as a curse, uh, you might be lying to yourself if you think you know him, if you think you're close to him, if you think you love him, if you're not keeping his commandments, you may not know him. We must strive to know Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be doing is, is knowing Jesus. But how do we know him? How can we know God? We have to press into him. We have to read his living word. We have to live in community. Uh, did you know the primary means of the works of the Holy Spirit is through us? You know, we, the, the Holy Spirit does a lot of things. He, he teaches, he comforts, um, uh, he provides peace, he, uh, he's filled with power, the, all of the power that there is. He has the ability to heal. He has the ability to do miraculous signs and wonders, okay? He can, he can do everything. And, and I've seen some of that happen. I've seen some miraculous works occur. Uh, but most of the time, his primary means of movement is me talking to you and you talking to me. Because as you are close to God, you can provide godly counsel to me. You can provide the word of God to me, and I can reciprocate and give it to you as well. But if we're not living in community, if we don't have that availability, we don't make ourselves available, then we're missing out. If you don't come to church on Sunday, you know what happens? You, you have missed an opportunity for God to use you and his Holy Spirit to fill you and for you to speak words of comfort to someone here. And you're also missing the opportunity for someone to speak into your life because that's, that's God moving. His primary means of movement is through his people, through his church. And it's not just on Sunday. I, I said Sunday, but it, in reality, the community is, is all day, every day, right? It's all the time. Sunday is just a time that we pick to come here and, and be together and, and have a wonderful worship and, and have, have this type of communication, someone study and bringing some, some encouragement to you and bringing the word to you. But community is all week, all week long, every day. Another scripture in Galatians 5, uh, starting in verse, well, I'll start with verse 16. But I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. That's a tough one. How do we keep in, in step, in lockstep with God's Spirit? He, he's God and we're not. So if that's the case, um, that's a tough one. But the good news is once again, 
we have his Holy Spirit, right? The Old Testament says, um, your ways are higher than mine. Your thoughts are, are wiser than mine. Uh, but Paul tells us that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. If we have that, we can hear him. But we have to be deliberate about it. We can't just, we can't simply just um, go through the motions of, of going to church and going to your life group and, uh, and you know, playing your worship songs in the car as you drive to work, whatever. Those things are great. Those things are very good. But we have to think about the Lord. We have to, to press into him and, and desire to have his spirit fill us so that we can be a minister, so that we can help our, our people. And we can also hear from God his direction for our lives. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes God, uh, you're going along, and if you're listening to God, sometimes he, er, he wants you to take a, a different turn. Yeah. Scott was just telling you about when I came here, I was running a business when I moved here uh, from Colorado last year. I was, I was running a business. We were doing well. I was happy. I was, I was progressing. I was enjoying what I was doing. And God, God said, I met Scott, I shook his hand, electric handshake right here, electric handshake with this guy, and next thing you know, here I am, like doing something completely different. I'm not saying he's going to do that to you, but sometimes he has a different idea than what our, our normal thought process has. Sometimes his ideas uh, are pretty wild, and we got to hear him because he can do good things through us, through this community. Keep his commandments. Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Uh, in Acts chapter four, you remember Jesus had, uh, Jesus had already died and rose from the dead and he ascended to heaven, right? And then in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit fell. Pentecost came and, and the power of God was revealed and now suddenly we had, a, we had the teacher back on earth again with us, communing with our spirits and, and providing the availability to, to help us understand and to, to give the word and to, and to say the, the, good, the good things that God had for us and preach the gospel and fulfill Jesus' great commission. Um, and then, so the disciples were going around and, and they started doing that, right? They were preaching, they were continuing the, the, the mission and ministry of Jesus through that. And in Acts chapter four, Peter and John were together and, uh, and verse 13 says, and the people perceived that Peter and John were uneducated and untrained men. And therefore, they realized that they had been with Jesus. Whoa. They're, they're, it seems their lack of education was evident, you know, that funky Galilean accent that they were carrying around probably. But they, the people knew that they had been with Jesus. That's the fruit of the spirit. That's, they, they, were, they, they knew, they're like, wow, these guys didn't go to school. These guys didn't have the fancy education. They didn't, they didn't have all of this training. But obviously, something was different. They had been with Jesus. First John 2, verse 5. 
But, for, but whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Folks, we're supposed to walk like Jesus. But what does that look like? And once again, remember, Jesus is God. So we're supposed to walk like Jesus? Yep, we're supposed to. He was perfect. He was the God man. How do we dare say we are like him? Because we are redeemed. We're covered by his blood. We're being made into the image of God's son. That's where we are today, is we're being made into the image of God's son. And that's the reason that we strive to walk like Jesus. We, he is our example, and we're supposed to look to him and, and do our best to live a holy, sanctified, set-apart life. Jesus was, uh, he lived an amazing life. He lived a, a perfect life. And, and we're not gonna achieve that. We're not gonna achieve perfection. But when God looks down on us and he sees his son, because that's what, that's what God sees when he looks down on us. He sees the image of his son. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. And that's all that matters. It's all that matters is that he sees Jesus when he looks at us. And if that's the case, we need to walk like him. We need to do our best to fulfill that calling, to, to keep the commandments, and to do the things that God has for us. But remember, if we're not listening to him, we're not gonna hear what he has to say and be able to step like Jesus, step by step by step. We, we have to listen, and we have to work with him we have to do our best to, to hear him and to walk like Jesus. Jesus is our advocate. He is our atonement. We're supposed to be striving to know him and we need to walk like Jesus. So how do we apply that? What's the next step? What do we do with, uh, what do we do with this idea of carrying out walking like Jesus? How do we do it? It's the same thing we said earlier. We're, we need to be deliberate. We need to be intentional. We need to set ourselves up for living for him and hearing his voice. Uh, surround ourselves with people and ask for godly counsel in that community that we have here. I, I love North Shore. I love our community here, our Christian community, because, uh, because I have people who are speaking into my life. 
I have people who are talking to me and telling me when I'm, when I'm messing up and they're encouraging me when I'm doing things right. And they're giving me, they're giving me ideas on how to, how to be better, how to do better. And I'm encouraging other people doing the same thing. And so that's how we do it. We're, we gotta have to be deliberate, we have to be intentional, and we have to think about it and, and take the step ourselves. Uh, you know, Scott was saying, husbands, don't, don't wait for your wife to elbow you before you sign up for the marriage retreat, right? Well, it's the same way. Don't wait for someone to, to say that you need to do this. Don't wait for someone to prompt you that you need, that you need to be walking like Jesus. Just know that that's what we're supposed to do. And do it, do it. Study his word and press into God. Press into him. He, he's reaching out to you and he, he wants what's best for you. If he is our advocate and he's in our corner, well then, how great is that to know that he's rooting for us? And, and he, he's reaching out his hand waiting for you to reach up so that you can connect with him, so that you can feel his peace and so that you can begin to, to walk like him more. Uh, we're gonna sing one more song in response and worship now, and I, I ask you to stand. And uh, as, we, as we sing this song, the, the prayer team is gonna be uh, at either side here. After we're done singing, please, or during the song, whatever you like, uh, please come forward and be prayed for and, uh, and talk with someone if you, if you need to, they're, they're there for you. And uh, again, another way that we're, we're sitting here in community.